It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You asked for our hot takes. Stay out of the kitchen if you can't take the heat. This is Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians. Your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com backslash Locked On today to get started. Uh, I'm Jeff. Over there is Justin. We got a bag full of mail, and let's just dive in. All right. Well, oh, real quick, uh, let's let's go to the good news. Okay. Let's go to the, well, it's all good news today because it's all listener questions. But before we get to questions, you guys were super vocal about the lack of extra content. So here's what we came up with. We got this approved. Um, what we're going to do is we're not going to do an hour show every day. Unfortunately, that's the bad news. The good news is whatever we don't get to on each, each day of the show, we're going to save throughout the week and we are going to do a bonus show. So basically what that one tail in, and we're not going to promise this every week. We are going to, if there's enough topics left over at the end of the week, we'll we'll do the bonus show. But uh, I think we've talked about Thursdays just recording an extra episode of stuff we didn't get to throughout the week as a bonus show that will come out on Saturday. So you're going to get an extra half hour of us each week, or not each week, but you know, almost each week. We'll see uh, depending on how things go. But uh, so we do have a bit of an after show still. It'll be in a different format, but um, your guys' response was awesome and. We're going to give you more of us if we can. So and, thank you. And the other thing is uh, we might have like one long show a week. There's still a chance like yeah. on these mailbags or, you know, one of those things like we're, we'll are we try to do more live streams. Uh, I'll just be honest with listeners. When we do a live stream, we don't currently have enough people who concurrently watch to allow us to insert ads until we get to a certain number. So basically not that we make a ton per show, but you know, it's like we get, we then get no revenue from the YouTube side of it. So that's why we have kind of moved away from those. I think most people would, if all things are even do the format, that's a little bit easier, which is the non-live show and make money off of it as opposed to the other way. And I mean, if that offends you, I'm I'm sorry that that's there, (laughs) but uh, we are going to have live shows either way. We will get back to it, especially when there's like live content going on. But, um, but yeah, so that's, that's why, uh those happen so uh, when we do have a live show please join us like help us get those numbers up so then yeah. it becomes something that's it's you know just give you a look behind the scenes yeah if you want us to do a live show and you can comment as the show's going on whatever is going on why we're why we're live uh yeah tell people to join with you so we can do it more often not like jeff said we don't make a ton of money off it but it'd be great if we had more reasons to do it all right let's jump into questions uh, first one is from Josh. How much better will this team, uh, this year's team, be better than last year? Obviously, too early to have a serious answer. What is your gut instinct? All right, Jeff. How much better are the Guardians going to be in 2023 than they were in 2022? They're going to be two games worse. I'm kidding. Um, I think, in general, they're probably, I, maybe this is not the take people want, but I feel like they're kind of identical. 
Um, you're getting Jose back at full strength, but you know, we already are potentially down henches and there's inevitably an injury or two. So last year they were pretty healthy and yes, we're counting on players moving forward and continuing to improve. But I think, and also, I mean, honestly, there's a chance they do win less games because it's also the, they no longer get to face the Tigers and the Royals quite as much, which helped prop up win totals. We no longer have that balanced schedule, but I think they're roughly the same team that they were. And I know that might be crazy, but to say with Val and Zanino over who they had, but in terms of win totals, I think they're going to be about the same. I think they're an improved team, but I think just in terms of the win total, like I said, inevitably they were extra healthy last year when that luck comes And the year before that, they were extra unlucky with it. So maybe they're just average this year. But I think win total, they're probably about the same range. So again, you know, we get to our sponsors. I would say bet the over because the over yeah. is still under what uh, what they did a year ago. Yeah, uh, they won 92 last year. I'm, I'm going to say 90 wins. And I'm going to say yeah. everything you said. They won't win as many games because the the different schedule and the, the Twins, I I'm going to say the Twins are improved. I know it's going to bite me when I say that. I'm going to say the White Sox will be a little better for having a competent manager. That's going to make things a little bit tougher. Um, I'm a little concerned about the bullpen hangover and the injuries we've already talked about. But look, like I said, Josh Bell, Mike Zanino, upgrades. Uh, Miles Straw can't possibly be as bad as he was a year ago in his bad months. Uh, Don't challenge him. I know. <laughs> well, he's currently dealing with a knee injury right now. Hopefully yeah. he's okay. I, I haven't checked your roster if he's – if he's on your roster, Mr. Team Injury over there. Um, but Honorary he can't member. be as bad as he was a year ago. Right. So my only concerns are the schedule change, the Twins and the White Sox getting slightly better, and the bullpen. Now, those are my concerns. But if they can get the bullpen back to where they were last year, if everybody gets healthy, there's still a long season to go. So I'm not going to panic with the bullpen yet. I think if this team had Josh Bell and Mike Sonino last year against the Yankees, I think they win that they win that series. So I think the improvement offensively, and like I said, Josh or Miles Straw can't be as bad as he was a year ago. And improvements from Bell and Sonino, I think they can win the ALDS and get to a round further this year. So that's my that's my argument. Regular season doesn't matter. Just get to the playoffs and hope that the uh, impact upgrades you made um, have the postseason impact. All right, Patrick. Who will be the two or three new impactful reliever arms in the 2023 season? Well, Tim Heron's got to be number one, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I, the only reason I hesitate is just like, um, we, you know, the, the transition is hard, is I guess what I'm getting to. Like for me, I immediately go Cody Morris just because I, I know that's what we know. Is he new? Is he new though? But is, I mean, did he do an, I mean, he's still a rookie. He threw like, like, yeah, I mean, I mean, he, it wasn't that game. much. So it's like, to okay. me, that still counts as new. Uh, if we're just talking like people we haven't seen at all. Um, yeah, I guess Tim Heron. Step up. Yeah, Tim Heron's, well, that's an obvious one. So I, I think, I mean, we I talked about this a bit yesterday. Uh, I think with, thanks to, if they're healthy, and I think thanks to like, um, limited innings due to the health the past two years i think come the end of the year joe joey cantillo and daniel spino could be those guys they could be kind of similar to what morris was last year maybe even uh if they want to lean on them a little more potentially they could but the other thing is even with the henches injury there's there's not a lot of wiggle in this pen for a lot of new faces 
there's not no and on the 40-man roster that's the hard part um i mean joe yeah tim heron's got to be one if joey cantillo is a new relief option that makes me scared for sam hench's health like they're doing that because yes cantillo could help them the bullpen regardless because he's good and he might be on an innings limit and you want to maybe get him up there but if they're if they do that out of desperation because they don't have henches the whole or at that at some points that kind of scares me. So let me say Heron. Um, you know what? Let me say Heron, Jason Billis, and Tuki Tucson. Tuki Tucson is the wild card here, right? Well, I don't know. I'm not gonna go Billis. Let's say that's not as fun. Tuki Tucson's the fun one though. I'm gonna see. Yeah, I'll say Heron and and Tuki Tucson are your out of nowhere guys this year. Although Heron's not really out of nowhere. And, you know, maybe they'll move someone like Curry or Gaddis to the bullpen throughout the year, and you get an impact from them if, if, they, don't, if they don't get a speed up in the bullpen because those guys are both better suited for the bullpen anyway, and um, I think those guys could be good relievers. You know, Eli Morgan came out of nowhere last year to be a, a good reliever. Um, I, I don't say out of nowhere, but no one – that wasn't the role everybody thought he was going to be in, right, unless maybe you did. Yeah, I mean, that was my call from the moment he was drafted. Yeah. So that's always going to be one of my brag points. Like, I was like – He's a two-pitch guy, more or less. Let's just put him in the pen and get him through those minors quickly. Yeah. All right, we got plenty of more questions to get to. We've got a lot of questions, so we're going to try to get to all these within our allotted time slot today. But first, let's talk about my favorite sponsor, someone that uh, hopefully Justin will get to try soon. They haven't sent us any free Built Bars in a while. I just got my my Built Bar text that Cookie Dough Chunk is back. So if you head over to BuiltBar.com, you can go get some Cookie Dough Chunk. If you're curious about 160 calories, uh, I just clicked on it. So then it, of course, everything went away. 160 calories. Uh, I hate when you click on things. This is like my worst ad read ever. Listen, it's really good. I've gotten the cookie dough in the past. There you go. 15 grams of protein, eight grams of sugar. Uh, they currently also still have lemon dip cheesecake, maple donut, banana cream pie, caramel apple, grasshopper cookie is a really good one. So you want to go there to billbar.com. Remember that promo code is lock 15 to save 15%. And then on top of that, you can go over to Walmart or Sam's club, go to the pharmacy section and get some delicious built bars today. So yeah, if you want a protein bar, if you want a quick meal, my students today were like, Hey, uh, do you have any more of the protein bars? I was like, no, you ate them all. So uh, again, kids don't typically like protein bars. So I think that is a huge thing to say in Built Bar uh, to talk about the project. So BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15, Walmart, Sam's Club, pharmacy section. Get yourself some Built Bar today. All right, let's get to our third question. We're kind of behind here. Michael wants us to rank these pitchers most likely to least likely to debut in 2023. Peyton Battenfield, Daniel Espino, Tanner Bybee, Gavin Williams, and Logan Allen. He said Logan T. Allen, but I think we can drop the T now. There's no confusion. All right, Jeff. It's Logan Allen, the younger. Thank you. I said the Logan. You want to move the no. T? It's no, the no, Logan no, Allen. No. He is the Logan Allen now. He's, it's Logan Allen, the younger. Dan Zaborski agreed with me. He, he, All right. He, is he, it is he, it Logan he, Allen, the younger, or is it the <laughs> Logan Allen? Let's let's ask the listeners. Comments, so comments below. Yes, let us know. All right, Jack, um, who most likely to least likely? Most likely, I think, is Logan Allen because he does need to be added to the roster. He's already been up in AAA. Um, you know, there's a reason he's a top ten everywhere, even with the the problem with that transition. I don't think that that is holding them back. And yes, he's not as sexy as the big three, but he's also the only lefty there, and he gives them another look. And he's probably the first guy. So I think he he is one. 
Um, I would say Tanner Bybee at two, because I think he is closer to being ready than Gavin Williams. And I think only one of them make it this year. I don't think they bring up both when they don't have to put both on the 40 man with the 40 man being the disaster that it is. So I go Bybee. Then after that, I would say Espino in kind of a relief role. Then Batonfield and then Gavin Williams. Because again, I think they're only going to bring up one of those two. I think bringing it because at the end of the year, you have to add Espino. You have to add Logan Allen to the 40 man. Now there's not a ton of guys you do have to add, but it's already a tight situation. So, um, you know, uh, when I look through it, I think one of the two makes it and then Espino and Allen, you're going to have to add anyways, uh, with bait and field. It's just, he's really got to recoup value this year and show that he can get there. I, I just think that he's kind of on the outs right now. Like he's a guy that in a year might be leaving as a minor league free agent, right? Would it be six in a year? Uh, yeah, I think Batonfield's coming up on that side. It's going to be interesting. I will say most likely, you're right, it's Logan Allen because he has to be on the 40 and he's just about ready. But I would probably put Tanner Bybee behind Logan Allen, number two. That's what I said. Oh, did you? Okay, I thought yeah. you said it's being in front of him. Uh, no. just because he's coming fast and they'll find room if he forces them to get he's so good this year. I think he will force them. I would put a Spino too if he was healthy, but he's not. And we don't, I mean, he could be back pitching sooner than later. We don't know, but I mean, I'm going to assume because this is the same shoulder issue that it's going to be, they're going to be super careful. So the speed on three bat and field four. And I will, I will go with you Williams five because Williams is good. But like you said, they're only going to bring up one of the two between Bybee and, and Williams. And we know Williams is good, but I think Bybee just gets here faster and bat and field could be a relief option if they need to. Uh, like, you know, he was an emergency guy last year because of COVID rules and, that won't be the case this year because they don't have those, but um, he could. I, I think that will make a good reliever, to be honest with you. I mean, he's got a lot of pitches. It'd be interesting, but um, I would like to see him. I would like to see Peyton push his way back in because I thought he had a chance to make a, make a pitch last year, and he he did not um, force them to give him a shot. So I hope that he does this year. So surprise, surprise, we had this exact same ranking and agreed. <laughs> Stunned. Stunning. All right. Always so much, so much contentious thoughts between us. Yeah. Kind of on the same thought. John wants us to know, wants to ask us how long the leash will be on police sack because they have so many pitchers that we just talked about sliding into the number five rotation. So uh, how long does police sack have to pitch himself into favor? And keep in mind too, if he pitches well and the guardians feel like, okay, we have to, we have to get Tanner by up here. We have to get Logan Allen up here. They're pitching too well. They project better. We have to add Logan Allen anyway. Nobody says they can't just move Zach Plesak if they feel like they have a better option internally, right? Like, just because I mean, I guess he had to pitch a very he had to pitch really well for them to consider not doing it. But I feel like they could still make that trade in season because you know we've already seen a couple infielders go down with injuries. If a pitcher goes down with a serious injury, there's no reason they won't consider it, right? No, and I, I think listen, if he's struggling, he's got till July. I think honestly, I think. Because here's the thing, like yeah. Logan Allen, we said, is the most likely guy to be up. Now, there is Gaddis, there is Curry, but you and I both kind of think maybe long-term they're relievers. Pilkington is just, he's a solid six. Like, he's not really a guy you want to run out there every day. So when you're looking at the grand scheme, you're going to want Logan Allen to get a few months to see if he can, you know, kind of reestablish what he did in double A and not so much how he ended the year in triple A. You're also going to want him to build confidence up before he, you don't want a guy who maybe had a little bit of a confidence shakedown, throw him in the big leagues. That's that's not a recipe for success. So they kind of need Zach Plesak to start the year. 
Um, they kind of need that depth arm. And again, you want to build his confidence and you want to build his value. And for as much as people want to run him off, listen, Shane Bieber is gone in a year. So you really want to lose, you know, uh, two fifths of your rotation. You really think two of the rookies are going to be ready to go as, as pieces next year. I mean, potentially by being yes. in Allen could be. Yeah. But it's not Edwards. a clean. Yeah. But it's not, it's also, we have seen that that transition is hard. So it's, I, I always get nervous about just a hundred percent betting on people stepping in. So, you know, we have, a, there are a lot of choices, but I, I think everyone who's reacting to police act, I hate to break to you, but this team does not knee jerk. They do not sell low. They do not cut bait unless someone has really annoyed them. Like what seemed to happen with Fran Mill. So I, I think. Well, not like police act hasn't annoyed them before. He, he has, but I, I think that they are, they also know there's a lot more value in a full-time DH who's slumping as opposed to a potential starting pitcher. So if they can. What do you mean? Framel Reyes had zero value. They had the DFA him. He's I know that that's my point. The... That's my, no, that's my point. I'm saying oh, that, like, for them to turn them. Around. Yeah. Like, you know, if you oh. turning around Fran Mill, he's still just a DH. Like a DH has limited value. A starting pitcher, even if Plesak is like a four or five, there's value in that. Like there's so, yeah. so giving him enough rope to see either he's going to recoup value. And again, he's the best pickoff move. Like some of what he does is more valuable than ever. So, you know, I think they're going to try to recoup his value, give him that opportunity to re-showcase. And hopefully he realize he should realize that he is at a, a crossroads right now after his agents let him go and everything else. So maybe he'll come in like super focused and we'll see. Because I mean, he was he was fine in twenty one. He was awesome in twenty, and he was bad last year. We're not so counting two... twenty. Come on, we're not no. counting twenty. No, but even so, the last two years he had one year where he's a fine, acceptable back end, and one year where he was bad. So you just see what he can be. Yeah, yeah. Um, Christian wants to know: Do you guys expect to a position player to make his MLB debut before August? And if so, who? A position player who will make their debut, well, I guess Bo Naylor doesn't count because he no. made his debut last year, right? So we're not going to say Bo Naylor. Um, before August, I'm trying to think of where that would player would even fit on the roster. <laughs> and it's a position player. Um, uh, I'll jump in while you think. Okay, go I'll ahead. say yes. It. I'll okay. say yes, and I'll say it'll be Mike Caprice. I want to know how that happens. If you can, so, if you can jump to the future and keep, you know, quickly tell me how, so how that happens. The reason I think is, you know, I've been like everyone else, you know, kind of looking at the, the Dodgers of late and this will come back around. I promise uh, because of their injury. And when you look at that Dodgers team, what's kind of crazy about the Dodgers team is I think Terry would love to have the flexibility the Dodgers have where, you know, like Max Muncy plays four positions where, you know, uh, Chris Taylor plays three or four. The thing about Mike Caprice right now with this team is the ability that he could in a pinch play center can play left, play right, can play first base has better athletic tools. And as a guy where, as opposed to a George Valera, you might feel more comfortable in that depth bench role where maybe you're not as concerned about him getting at bats where he can back up four spots being similar to maybe what Will Benson was a year ago or what Will Benson was supposed to be kind of feeling that Will Benson-esque role. And I know it's hard with the 40 man, but if they decide that they need to add another outfielder, you know, uh, as we saw from Ed, infielders transitioning to the outfield isn't always the easiest thing. 
So if they feel like they want to carry an external outfitter who has flexibility, who runs well, who has power, who has some of the things similar to what Will Benson was, isn't that Preeze? No, it's not. Okay. Uh, well, I guess that what you're describing is, but my answer is not going to be. It's I guess it's a little less exciting. My answer, if if it's if somebody does debut before August, it's going to be David Fry. I think David Fry is the obvious guy here, depending on the role. Yeah, but he's I'm not, not going to say Valeric. the fun one, have, huh? <laughs> but it's not the fun one. It's not the fun one, but you just talked about versatility for five minutes, and no, fair enough. Has more versatility than David Fry. And what do they need? What do they need, Jeff? They need someone who can hit left-handed pitching on the bench. And David Fry does that. And he also happens to serve as, as Terry Francona's favorite position or second favorite position, safety blanket catcher. Okay. And he's got a good arm. I watched him throw somebody out the other day. His pop time was good. So um, not worried about that. We got one. We got a bunch more questions to get to. Uh, and we're going to lead off with this, this very exciting one uh, next segment. Okay, so we have next up our, our fantastic friends at FanDuel. You know them, you love them. They're our newest sponsor. And, you know, it's the midway point of the NBA season and the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because no customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just download the sports FanDuel sports book app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scores and threes drained. We, again, advise to take the over for the Guardians. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right. You asked us for hot takes, so it's time to get the stove fired up while the stove's over. I don't know. Let's get the flame going. Noah is asking, what is your wildest, hottest prediction for the season? And also, what is your most realistic? So Noah gave us his. Uh, hottest take for him is Bybee starts game three of the ALDS. His most realistic take, he says, is that Brennan is the everyday center fielder by the trade deadline. I would categorize those as both spicy. I would reverse those if I was to say which one's the hottest and which one's the mild, the realistic yeah, one. I, I would say, say that the hotter one is Brennan and the 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 realistic one is, yeah. is Bybee. Um, just because I think I think you and I both agree. One of those For, is sauced and one of those is unsauced. Yeah, it's just by, Bybee. The 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 hype we're hearing from others is Everybody palatable. Yeah, at this point. So, All right, Jeff. Hot, uh, you can't just reverse Noah's, but what is your hottest take? You want me to go first, or you want to go first? Because I've got one. Um, you know, my hottest take. So I'm going to do a positive and a negative. Uh, hottest take negative is the health bug that hit Minnesota that they avoided last year hits them, and that uh, Bieber and Med uh, are traded at the deadline. So that's the negative. Uh, the positive is you just told to take the over on wins. Well, I'm saying I'm doing one. A, a hot take has to go both ways. We're talking about like absolute value. Like you know, hottest take is is a hot take, either negative or positive. Uh, so I'm giving you no, both one's sides. Got to be mild. This is, no, it just, what's your negative take? What's your positive take? He wants a hot take and a take that's not so hot. But, but my hot, my hottest sense. take. I'm giving you one from each side. Like I said, it's a number line. It's it's a positive negative <sighs> value. All right, all right. Shock us with the other side. Uh, the other side is that uh, they make it to the World Series. Despite that? 
Like both those things are happening simultaneously. No, I'm saying in when like if everything goes sideways, what's my negative take? Like what's the hottest take if if things don't go well? What's my hottest take if things do go well? So one's like a ten, and one's like a negative ten. Okay, you took that in a direction I wasn't expecting. All right, what's your what's your mild take? Maybe, maybe it's because I've been teaching absolute value in math for like the last month, so I'm totally on this. Don't like, start teaching me math. This podcast will go in a very sorry. Bad so I, I'm still math. like I'm very much in that mindset. Um, mild take is that uh, Mike Zanino will hold on to the starting catcher position the entire year. Bo Naylor will 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 get some spots, but it'll be kind of more of a a slow work in for him. Um, yeah. And then uh, my negative mile take is uh, Miles Straw gets turned into a, a fourth outfielder because of of struggles, and it's uh, it's not Brandon in center field, but it's Quan. Oh, that is that's a, that's spicy. I think yes. that's spicy. All right, I my hot take is the Guardians. This is this should be so obvious to you. You should I should have made you guess my you know. We have we have a little T- bit Tanner Bybee is is promoted before oh, July. Oh. That is no that that we agreed that is a mild take. What? Well, I mean, before what? July would be a be a little bit spicy. Okay, that's a little spicy, but no, that's not my that's not my spicy take. You want to? Is that your only guess? Um, you phone a friend. Let's see. Well, what else have uh, you? Uh, I don't. Know, it, I feel like Mike Capriz is your other uh, pro, you know prospect guy. You're high oh, on. I so wish. It, I so wish. It's not related no. to Mike Capriz. Okay, then I I don't I'm. I'm without the guardians are going to acquire Corbin Burns at the trading deadline. Oh, duh. duh. (laughs) Come on. I've only been saying this for three months now. When I type roster resource on my phone, it says roster resource brewers. Like it's not (laughs) roster resource guardians. It's roster resource brewers. Cause we've had so many discussions about this. That is the default. When I went to look and you know, I don't know if we'll have time to get to Rockies today, but like when I went to look, like who do they project to be the the fill in? And I'm like, I don't even know who that is. That was the best part. Um, it's, it's Corbin Burns. That's my hot take. But my mild take is this. I think this is a mild take. I think Josh Bell hits 30 home runs. So that is my mild mm. take. That's a, that that's a good one because he's he's I, only had the one year over 30, right? Yes, but he's also had 27, I think, hasn't he? And I think I don't. Know, I think he's due for a big year. I think he's going to feel comfortable in this lineup. I think hitting behind Jose Ramirez is going to be good for him. And I think that uh, he is also like, playing for a bigger payday. Yeah, year. he's playing for the payday. And like competitive juices matter. We have all been there when like when you're playing for the teams he has played for. Yeah, I, I know yeah. San Diego is like he struggled in that well, situation. But like the other times, it's like you almost entered every game expecting to lose if you're Josh Bell. Yeah, and he also, I think, wants to make up for how poorly he played in San Diego. He used a lot of his juice last year in Washington where they weren't going anywhere. So, yeah, hot take. Corbin Burns is here by August and or by July, and Josh Bell is, is hitting 30 dingers. I'll say Josh Bell is in the home run derby. How about that? That's another one I'll go with. Josh Bell in the home run derby this year. Won't be Jose Ramirez because he doesn't want to worry about his thumb again. All right, we got a couple more questions. We're going to group these together in, in, in interest of time. Real quickly, Chuck asked us three questions. So, Chuck, we're going to answer your other two on another show, but we'll get to this one. Um, will Shane Weaver write out the final year of arbitration and be a guardian next season? No, I think we can. No, no. we both agreed by January of 2024. Um, Shane Beaver will be with another organization. That's what yeah, that's they just take. they don't they don't operate that way, they don't do sunk right. value. And I am going to show these three questions before we answer because they're all related. So, well, two of them are related. Uh, Garrett asked, Will Ahmed Rosario end the season as Cleveland Guardian? Okay, yes. Garrett, and okay, yes, Zach. 
where do you see this team on Ahmed Rosario, given they took uh, he signed for less than his projected value in arbitration? Does that make them more likely or less likely to hang on to him? Yes, I think it, they're going to hang on to him yes. unless things go sideways. And then the last Ahmed Rosario question, uh, not Ahmed, Ahmed adjacent question, yeah. Pete asked us, who no. do you seek back in a potential Dodgers trade for Ahmed, Freeman, and Arias? And I think they we're don't, both going to say they don't need to do happen. it. Like, again, right. the Dodgers planned for Miguel Vargas to be the second baseman and Chris Taylor to be in their outfield and Max Muncy to play third. But Max Muncy has played like 40 games at second the last three years. Like, Vargas and Muncy and Taylor will split time between second base at shortstop. It'll be Rojas and Taylor. Um, Michael Bush, who's one of their top prospects, has played some first, some second, some outfield. He'll also play some second. They don't need it, and they're not going to go out and pay anything for those guys. And, like, Ty Freeman and Gabby Arias aren't huge trade assets. Like, really, what are you netting for them right now? Neither are – and why would the Dodgers want to trade for unproven guys just who are prospects? They're not interested in unproven – They've got better prospects. Yeah, and then, like – They have Michael Bush. They have – Miguel Vargas. I, I don't yeah. see why the Dodgers no. want. And then the uh, one can make a case that like they went out and traded for Miguel Rojas's insurance because they weren't sure Gavin Lux could play short. They value defense there. Poor Gavin Lux. The, the, yeah, I, they went for the opposite of of Rosario. They they don't want that. They don't want a more of a bat first average defender. They want a you know if lucky average bat, strong proven defender. And Rojas is a very good defender. So yeah, the Dodgers aren't happening. Ahmed is here for the season. I I have been slowly coming along with the idea that if, if he's willing to take that pay cut this year, like if he's willing to take, you know, somewhere around like you know, five years, $60 million that he, he could stay even. Like I'm starting to think that if there is a world where he decides to pay, take a pay cut because he is comfortable because Jose is his friend because he also realizes that like, even though he's going to be the only name on the market, it still may not be the biggest market for him. I, I yeah, I don't think he is here unless things go sideways. Uh, there's, they're not trading him. He's here. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. I, I think mostly the Dodgers thing just doesn't work because it's, it's just, there's no reason for the Dodgers to go over and they have better options internally. And I also don't think that, the guardians and the Dodgers are a good fit trade wise. I, they have some like overlap in terms of people who have worked in the guardians front office in the past. Uh, Josh Burns, I think is their president. He works for them somewhere. I don't know. Um, Former D backs president, right? Yeah. Like they have a bunch of, and, and all their guys, like they're going to think similarly to Cleveland too. Like they trade the same They're They are, I don't want to say snakes. is not the right word. Yeah. And they do- they're very, they develop well. Very, it's not like you're going to get, you know, that guy that you can yeah. steal and develop better. It's like the Dodgers do just as well developing and they're very smart. Right. And, and they know. just have better prospects than Cleveland. I mean, yeah. I think I was looking at Baseball America. They had the top uh, rank rankings for the top farm systems. The Dodgers were three and I think Cleveland was four. And that's because the Dodgers combine a ridiculous amount of money with and being incredibly smart. So yeah. they are they are basically the guardians with money. That's what and, they are. So and again, it's, I think it's that, gonna be hard to trade. That's why. That's why the, there's the stubbornness. The Guardians are yeah. and they're, in a they're, good and bad way. They're not they're gonna. Fat. Oh. 
they're not going to find a deal. And they're just fascinating. Even, even if there was one to be had. Yeah, there's they're the team that like everyone can play two positions and three positions. And honestly, if they need something, they, they need outfield help, not infield help. Like I'll stand by that. If they go out and make a trade, it's going to be for, you know, Brian yeah. Reynolds, not for Ahmed Rosario. Because then, hey, guess what? You can just move Taylor to to the infield and you're fine. Like they don't need What's... it. It's a, they're, they're starting Trace Thompson, who if you want to believe it's a comeback. OK, I mean, he had a great year, but uh, he spent a year in Columbus because Cle- when Cleveland was desperate for outfielders, they didn't call him up. Let's let's be honest here. What's, what really is going to happen is the Dodgers are going to either. Uh, oh, I know what's going to happen. Jason Hayward is going to be comeback player of the year. Like people are already talking about him in spring in spring training. I know it's spring training, but like I, that's what that's, that's what the Dodgers are going to do. The Dodgers are going to wind up having somebody come out of the clear blue, like like Trace Thompson last year, or Trace Thompson himself, and it's gonna he's going to wind up. They're going to wind up having crazy production from him anyway. They, they they don't need to look outside because they do that kind of stuff. And all they, the time you know, they just they added David Peralta, who was maybe the best outfielder oh, left yeah, in free yeah. agency. Solid, you know, type of guy. Uh, they're, yeah. you know, they added Alex Reyes. Uh, they got Jimmy Nelson back, who missed all of last year, but was really good two years ago. Like I, I, adding JP Fireisen when they know he's not going to pitch this year uh, because you know he's good. Like he pitched very well yeah. a year ago. They're just smart. And yeah, it, it's like if Miguel Rojas is the end of it, you know, they're, they're, they are betting on a lot of, uh, guys like a Peralta, like a Martinez who weren't as strong, but I'm also not going to bet against that team. All right. We've got a ton of leftover content. We're going to get to in the bonus show. So stay tuned for that on Saturday, uh, giving you a six show this week. Cause we agreed to do that kind of stuff. And when we have time and when we have the content, which we do, um, we got some stuff we're lined up for next week already too. So we got a lot coming at you, to be honest. I'm, I'm excited to, to get the season ramped up because I've, Right now, I've not, I, this is the most content I've had flowing through my head in, in months because it was a, it was a slog for a while. So, um, yeah, I just uh, I'll look forward to when games are on that I can actually watch them and not be in the middle of my teaching day. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening this week, and uh, stay <laughs> tuned for an extra show coming your way at the end of the week. Yeah. Um, you know, remember to rate and review, download. It helps. Uh, we have not done a good old fashioned like we're over thirteen hundred subscribers, so. Thank you to everyone. 1,325. So, uh, yeah. And everything's up for this month. So thank you. Thank you all. And go, go, Guardians, go. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.